0: Good evening. Good evening. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, we're excited to have you all here tonight. My name is Ramonda Young and my husband Derek Young out here. We own Mahogany Books, mahoganybooks.com. and We have a great relationship with the Pratt Library with bringing different events and authors here. So first of all, again, thank you for coming. Thank you for supporting books and you guys are in for an amazing treat because we have two people for you. We have the amazing Miko branch, of course. But if you all listen to the radio, we have Miss LaDon Black here as well. So let's give her a big round of applause too. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> She's actually going to facilitate the discussion and I'll assist with questions at the end, but you're in for an amazing treat. Um, with both of these dynamic ladies. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Miss Vivian, who's going to do a, a couple of quick introdu- uh, introductions as well. But again, thank you for coming out tonight, and supporting the Pratt and Mahogany Books.
1: Good evening. Good evening. I am Vivian Fisher, manager of the African-American department here at the Pratt Library. On behalf of our CEO, Dr. Carla Hayden, Board of Directors and Trustees, and the staff, it is my pleasure to welcome you to our author's program this evening, featuring Miko um, and T.T. Branch's new book, Miss Jessie's Creating a Successful Business From Scratch Naturally. This evening, Miko Branch will discuss her book, which is a memoir and business guide Rich with inspirational life lessons and unique business advice. It was her grandmother, Miss Jessie, who taught Miko and Titi independence and how to make a successful business from scratch. Miss Jessie's chronicles the Branch Sisters' remarkable story and how they were encouraged by their family's work ethic and strength to persevere and create a thriving business. Miko Branch is the co-founder and CEO of Miss Jessie's LLC. She is celebrated and honored for transforming the hair industry especially for African-American women who needed an intervention for their curly and natural hair and we can all attest to that. She has received numerous honors and she was named a trailblazer and listed by Ebony Magazine as one of its Power 100 innovators and influencers. You too can start a business like the Branch Sisters, and we have resources to get you started right here at the Pratt Library's Business Center. We also have the Compass newsletter and flyers available that gives a listing of upcoming programs at all of our Pratt branches. So please join me in welcoming Miko Branch to Baltimore's Finest Inner Pratt Free Library.
2: Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Once again my name is Ladon Black I'm the host of the Ladon Black show on Magic 95.9. Want to welcome you out tonight. If you listened to the show yesterday, I actually had the pleasure of having the beautiful Miko Branch as a guest on my show. So what we really want to do is dig into the book. How many of you have copies of the book already? Okay, we need more people to get copies of the book, so we're going to talk about what's in between the pages, and make sure you run out and you buy two, three copies, okay? All right, let's do this. The title of the book, once again, Miss Jessie's Creating a Successful Business from Scratch, Naturally, Miko Branch with TT Branch. So let's jump right into it, Miko. Is there anything that we can't ask you, anything controversial? No, I'm
3: asking anything, and it's...
2: Okay, wonderful. I was wondering, would you like me to take the mic off the stand and maybe so that you can hear? Okay. All right, so Miko, let's kick it off with, sort of tell us, what was the landscape like when you started really focusing on curly, coily, kinky, wavy hair?
3: Well, first of all, I wanted to thank you guys for having me. Um, My name is Miko Branch. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Miss Jessie's, the company that I started with my sister, Titi Branch. And I just wanted to say, I'm happy to be here.
2: You want me to come over and sit? Okay. I think we're good. see. See, this is more intimate. You can see both of us. So let's start out with what was it like when you actually started your business? What was it like as far as the products that were available, the feelings about natural hair, things like that?
3: So, LaDawn, when Titi and I first got into natural hair, we had already been well into our business. We had already started a salon, and we were really good at healthy hair, but we did a lot of straightening. We did relaxers all day. And my sister Titi and I had made some bad decisions in our business And we had to move our business to our house. And we lived in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. And at the time, I had just had my baby. I'm a proud single mother. I I have been from day one. And um, because I was a single parent, I knew that I needed to spend that time with my son. So if you wanted to get your hair done by me and Titi, you had to come to the hood and get your hair done.
2: So, you had to come to the house.
3: Absolutely. So, it was bath time with my son that really um, we stumbled upon this natural hair business. I like to wear my hair straight, that was my core business. But I could no longer keep my hair straight because he would splash all around in the tub. And my hair would shrink up. And, um, you know, I gave my son daily baths, so I could no longer keep it straight. Came downstairs with my hair curly or halfway curly, I don't know what it was. And women liked it. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, well, what is that? And how can I get that? And I had no idea who they were talking to because I specialize in straight hair. Anyway, that started a conversation and I realized that many women wanted to wear their hair with more texture but just didn't know how. And after a while, my sister and I had gotten really good at doing curly, kinky, and wavy hair but there were no products, LaDon. There were no curly puddings. There were no baby buttercreams. There were no uh, options for natural hair in Target. So what do we do? We took it to our kitchen table. We mixed things from scratch, like we saw our grandmother do when she didn't have what she needed, and we came up with a winning formula, which was curly pudding.
2: Now, one of the interesting aspects in the book is you talk about the influence of Miss Jessie, who is your grandmother, and how her ability to cook was really the way that she sort of, that was her own business, and how you were able to see by her experimenting with fresh ingredients, organic things, how to make things to treat her own skin and her own hair. So talk to me about that experimental phase when you guys were trying to get the right products together.
3: Yeah, so as you know, my sister and I—we didn't go to—we weren't chemists. We had no training in how to come up with a product for natural hair. What we did have was we had that time with our grandmother, and we sat around and we watched her make her cake batter. We we watched her uh, test it and see if it was is thick enough. Was it you know was the color right? Didn't have enough sugar in it. All that measurement, all of that preparation was what what uh, prepared Titi and I to be able to. Um, make winning products, make sure that consistency on the pudding was right, make sure it was heavy enough, make sure it had enough hold, make sure it had enough oil in the same way that we saw her do when she needed to put just the right enough, excuse me, just the right amount of vanilla, you know, so it wouldn't be overpowering. But it was not only, uh, you know, the exposure to her mixing product, she was a delegator. She would tell all of us what to do. Get that pot, get that pan, close that door, Come in here, lift So we got a chance to see a well-rounded right. woman just by herself, one woman show, just do it all. And we were exposed to uh, a CEO at her best. And that was what we tapped into when it came for us to be these female entrepreneurs.
2: Now let's talk a moment about your father. Because <laughs> that's the other big character that's in the book when you guys pick up the book to read it. Uh, miko talks a lot about the influence that your father had and that he had a principle that was all about working for yourself if you have a talent if you have an ability figure out how to make money at it and do it on your own so talk to us a little bit about that
3: so my dad in my opinion my dad was a very tough dad to grow up with my dad raised Titi and i as boys I think, you know, my dad was, uh, was somewhat of a ladies' man, and he understood all the pitfalls and all the traps that were out there for women. Why? Because he was on the other side of it. And uh, I think my dad was scared. He was concerned about his girls. So what he did was he armed us with the ability to be independent. That's all he ever talked about was being free, being in a position of choice being able to make a decision and don't let nobody jam you up. That was his thing. And um, although he, uh, he came out of the civil rights movement so being free was extremely important to him. So he put us to work at a very early age so we were no strangers to hard work. And he really criticized us if we ever thought that we were gonna trade on our beauty to get over, particularly on men. He did not want us to ever look at men as an option to be able to use men to get over, and he'd talk about you real bad if he thought you, know, you in any way would, would, would rely on your looks. So hard work was the key, and uh, he trained us to be these entrepreneurs at a very early age. Now, one of
2: the aspects in the book that I found interesting was that when you guys decided that you wanted to actually p- open up a salon, that one of the first gifts that he gave you was an actual autobiography of Madam C.J. Walker. And I think you said in the book that he basically said, if you're going to do it, you know, this is the blueprint. You know, you always find a blueprint. So talk to me a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned.
3: When my father first found out that I wanted to do hair, he was highly disappointed because he thought that uh, his words, only the uneducated do hair. But luckily we were able to... uh, take care of our family, including him, later on. But once he knew we got serious about doing hair, my father passed us that book by A'Lelia Bundles, who was the great-great-great-granddaughter of Madam C.J. Walker. And she chronicled her history, and what that book was was it was somewhat of a blueprint for us. It talked about a woman who created a business, something for nothing, in the same line of business, which was hair and beauty, And um, it talked about hard work. It talked about her success. Uh, She shared her, her great great granddaughter shared her failures. But it also talked about the kind of citizen she turned out to be. What she did with her money was just as equally important as how she made her money. I had always had that in the back of my mind, and Titi did too, when, when we were building our business. And um, it was quite a role model. We, we, we feel like we emulated her in many different ways.
2: So let's talk a little bit about those early salon days. Was it easy starting up? And what was the reaction when you talked to women about embracing their curls? Because I'm quite sure you still had clients that were coming to you who wanted their hair straightened. How did you get them to the point where they were okay with their curls?
3: Well actually it was really easy, Dawn, because when we gotten kicked out of our salon because we had we were rookies in business and we had lost our business. That's why we were doing it here in our house. We didn't have no customers. We had a very like we had a handful of customers. So to convert or to have this new format to do natural hair, we didn't have to really encourage too many people to follow us because they weren't coming anyway. They didn't want to come to the hood they felt they equated good service or they thought that if they had to come to the hood that that somehow meant that the service would be less than. So we hardly had any clients. So when we made that move, we didn't really have to ask too many people their permission, and we just did it. And uh, it was Titi who had straight hair. She was our our, our poster child, poster girl. When Titi turned and converted to natural, that was it. Because Titi had the most gorgeous, thick, long, uh, beautiful hair. And once she did it, um, she, she, she was our, our poster girl in, in the curly way. And every time someone came through our brownstone and saw her hair and saw my hair, that's all they needed to see. And then, you know, we just got more and more and more clients.
2: So let's talk about those early stages of marketing, because it sounds like you were saying that basically you guys were your best marketing. So what were some of the things that you did? Because I know a lot of people have businesses in their home, things that they're doing part-time, and they really want to know, well, what are those things that can do to take it global or to make it bigger?
3: So you have to understand, we were doing hair illegally in our house. <laughs> we, were, we were at home. We were doing hair. and We couldn't put a sign outside of our building saying that we do hair. So we had this secret operation and luckily, we came out around the time women just started talking on the internet. They were called chat rooms at the time. And there was a small group of women who were frustrated about their hair. They had gone through relaxes. They had gone through braids. Their edges might have been burnt out. You name it, they had that issue. And they wanted to find another way. So they went natural. And it was a small, this small group of women... The conversation just got bigger and bigger, slowly and slowly, and that was around the same time that I had my splash moment at bath time with my son. We advertised and we decided that we would uh, get a, a website and we put before and after pictures up, just one by one, every day, showing people what we were doing, and somehow that, those before and after pictures of La Dawn, went viral. And now women from... Baltimore, women from LA, women from Nigeria would come to the hood in this building, this top secret, top secret building, to get their hair done by these two sisters, me and my sister, and they would walk out. And I think half of them came because they wanted, they weren't believers and they thought maybe we were doing weaves or we were lying, but when they walked out with their hair, we would transform their kinks to curls, something they had never seen before. Um, it never got old for us because it was new discovery for a lot of these women.
2: Now let's talk about the debut of the product line. One of the things that you mentioned in the book is that you guys were able to make people beautiful once they left the salon or once they left your home. But you wanted women to have that same experience after they washed their hair at home. So let's talk a little bit about the products and maybe some of your wins and some of your losses early on.
3: So the win was is that we had this winning formula that worked for us in our salon. It was something that uh, we were able to make good on all the promises we made in terms of the styling methods that we had. But what happened was is these women really loved this product. And you guys know how natural hair is. After the second or the third day, it starts to shrink up. It gets messy. So you need that product to reapply. So these same women started coming back. Can I get some of that product? What is that called? What is it? Titi started getting these little little jars, putting it in there, giving it to them. They would come back for more. Then we would get more phone calls. And then what happened was we would get more phone calls for the product than we did for salon appointments. And that's when we realized that uh, we need to um, get, a, you know, get packaging for it, um, put it in a larger size, and finally we sold it on PayPal. We sold it on PayPal till we could no longer make the product quick enough to, to support all the orders we were getting.
2: And one of the points that you make in the book is that you guys didn't have angel investors. You didn't have you know, inherited money, a lot of money to pull from in starting the business. So it sounds like to me you started really small with the things that you could do.
3: Yeah, we took baby steps. Titi and I, although we had this idea that we were going to be entrepreneurs, we never had money. My dad always worked hard, he always, struggled. He always hustled, he struggled some, but we never, we never quite had that lifestyle. So when we went into business, we went into business with no money. But we did have God-given talent. Titi was extremely organized, and Titi uh, was extremely good at communicating. She was an excellent speaker. Uh, I never needed PR when Titi was around. Um, we, joined, we we joined together. I was always good at hair and slowly but surely Titi became my agent and she would book me and some I would get you know some gigs I would get paid for some I wouldn't until eventually Titi landed me a job with Ashley Stewart. And I worked one week and I, I made 7, 000, excuse me, I made eight thousand dollars. Titi and I were 50-50 partners and it was Titi who said, Mika, we're gonna open a salon. And that was our seed money to open this salon. And then we just worked every day until we started amassing money. And we would save 50% of our earnings and until uh, we finally looked up and we had this bank account. And that was something that we'd never had before.
2: Now, a lot of times you hear nightmare stories when people go into business with family members. How many of you put your hands up? You've heard, oh, don't ever go into business with a family. Oh, she has two hands up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So tell me, what were
3: some of the pluses and maybe even some of the minuses
2: about working with your sister? She was your older sister, too. You've to point that out.
3: Yeah, LaDawn. Titi was my older sister, and Titi and I had always had a a big sister-little sister dynamic. I was always a little sister. Titi was a big sister. We were latchkey kids, so Titi always held the key. Titi always made sure everything was okay, and I pretty much followed along and trusted my sister's judgment. And we went into business that way. All the way up until my 20s, I trusted my sister's judgment. She never let me down. And uh, what many people do when they first open businesses, rookies that we were, we made some mistakes together. It wasn't Titi's fault. It wasn't my fault. We were in business together. But nonetheless, we made some bad decisions. And we had to deal with it together. So that same dynamic that we had as sisters, it had to change in business. I no longer could be Titi's sister in business. I had to be Titi's partner if I wanted to pay the mortgage because my son was just born. He was still wet behind the ears. And when Titi didn't have any answers to how we were going to get out of the situation we were in, I had to step up. So that role and the dynamics that you may have as family members you know, it can change when you're in business. And no one prepared us for that change. So sometimes, LaDawn, it was hard on us because Titi was always the older sister. Titi was always the one who led us, who made the right decisions for us. So I believe that when she might have made a decision that wasn't in our best interest with my support, because I always supported Titi, I think it, she, she took it really hard. And that was, you know, and that can cause stress on any Partnership, husband and wife going into business. If the man is usually used to being the leader, and now the the wife has to step up, and maybe uh, you know she's the breadwinner. Sometimes there's a transitional period that happens, and I think patience is the key. Um, I can say that I wouldn't be the Miss Jessie. Miss Jessie wouldn't be the Miss Jessie had I not been in business with my sister Titi Branch. She's the only one that I've ever trusted the way that I do. Um, so it, it, was a, it was a great experience for me, good and bad, and the bad was actually the good because any bad experiences that my sister and I had together, that was our platform to do better the next time. We would, never, we would have never stumbled upon curly hair had we been a success doing relaxes downtown in Brooklyn. So let's step into hair.
2: Everyone want to talk a little bit about hair, get some hair tips. You know, you can't have an expert in the room and not ask about what she does, right? So let's talk about some of the mistakes that people make when it comes to natural hair. What are some of the the top three that you see?
3: You know, We spoke on the phone uh, yesterday or the other day and one thing that, that we like to do and it's, it's a blessing and then there's also some, some, the downside to it. One thing about natural hair and companies like Miss Jessie's is Miss Jessie's has armed women with all the things that they need to do their hair. So that's been a wonderful phenomenon for many of us but there's some things that I don't recommend you do at home and cutting your hair is one of them, especially self-cutting. And some of us even cut our hair while our hair are in those twists. And I cringe every time I see it because what happens is, is you, the shape of your hair is the foundation. So if you go and cut that, those straight ends off or cut those damaged ends off, when you take it out, it could be all the way up here because our hair shrinks where it wants to shrink. So you really, really wanna to go to a professional when you're cutting. Also coloring. Coloring is a chemical service. You wanna to go to a professional for that many people don't understand that if you use bleach or if you want to be you know a high lift blonde if you want to be that shade that that process can straighten your hair. Also, uh, let's see another one. I think using uh, too much product you know sometimes when we see our own hair because we haven't really been um, in contact with our hair for many years we tend to use more product than we need and then there's buildup and you see flakes and you might use too much oil and it's just too much. <laughs> so that, that, that's three things that really stand out to me about it.
2: So what should we be doing to be kind to our
3: hair? You gotta deep condition your hair. Our, our hair, LaDawn, although it's so awesome and it has so much texture, it tends to be fragile and it tends to be extremely dry. So moisture is the key, any, any time You know, you can put moisture into your hair, you should do it, whether it's steaming, whether it's uh, baby buttercream, whether it's a deep treatment, moisture is key. It's not that our hair doesn't grow, because our hair does grow. Remember when we used to get relaxers, we had new growth. That means our hair is growing. But what happens with our hair is it's fragile and it tends to break off. So we have to be very kind to it. So, you know, it won't hurt you to wear your, your uh, satin cap at night. I know it's not that attractive. It's not sexy, <laughs> Miko.
4: I know. You're
3: ending relationships, Miko. I know. Well, if you can't do it, if you can't do a, a satin cap, and you can always, you know, get a satin pillowcase, maybe get some satin sheets and, um, you know, that, 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 that friction and that tension that happens when your hair is rubbing against your hats or your, your cotton sheets, it's really, our hair is really that fragile. So something like that could be very helpful.
2: So let's talk a little bit about, I see some kids in the room, taking care of natural hair when it comes to kids, getting them to embrace it. What are some of your, what are some of your tips for moms that don't always want to deal with the detangling and things like that, but they don't want to relax their
3: kids' hair? Uh, Working in sections is key. <laughs> when you're dealing with natural hair, you've you got to work in sections. There's no way, even with my own hair, I can't just get at it. You know, I've got to work in sections. And um, if you do that, it's manageable. You can get at it. You can do anything you want, particularly when hair is in its natural state. it's just it's, it's, It takes up a lot of mass. It's, you know, it, it requires us to take our time. I think, you know, for our kids, when our kids... Um, see images, if they see images of mommy with natural hair, that's so powerful. You know, many of us, we want to look like our mother. We want to look like the people we see in our house growing up. So when they see us, and we have hair like you, LaDawn, or you like Mocha, or me, you know, that's wonderful images for our, our girls, our boys too. They grow up admiring women. Uh, who are embracing what they have naturally. Not to say that you can't wear your hair straight because you can. The good news is, is now with products out that um, can support all that you want to do with your naturally curly hair, you can go straight for a day and you can get right back to what God gave you naturally. So I think for our kids, it's not just about hair care. It's not just about, you know, manageability. It's also about the images that they see, that non those nonverbal messages that are so important. So um, I'm happy to see that I didn't see that growing up, and I didn't see that in the early 2000s. So we've made a lot of changes altogether, and I'm, I'm happy about it.
2: The imaging has definitely changed.
3: So there are a lot of
2: companies that are putting out natural products now. What can we look forward to from Miss Jessie's?
3: Yeah, so, you know, Miss Jessie's, we, we're a salon first, before we're a product company. So every single product that we put out on the market is an answer to uh, some kind of issue we see in our salon. So my sister and I, for many years, although we can't, we, we weren't able to put out a lot of products back to back because it's just not good business-wise to do that. Uh, we have so many products to come. Uh, we are solution, we are a solution-based and oriented uh, company. So we're about uh, providing solutions for some of the things that we see in our salon. So more products to come for sure. We haven't finished with styling products because we feel like. There's so many different scenarios. Someone might have a Z pattern. Someone might have a coily pattern. Someone might have, you know, straight hair. And it just, you know, it just goes on and on. So we haven't finished there. Um, But we have, I think, two new products that are going to come out in 2015. And they both have TT's hand on it. So I'm really excited about that.
2: Well, we just scratched the surface, but we want to hear from you. So if you have questions for Miko please just raise your hand and we will address them. Yes, sister. With all the different choice to take care of our hair, I can
5: learn to a natural process. I find that hair color also destroys my hair. So if
0: you have any things that I can do to hide
3: the gray and still keep my hair. So one thing that I see uh, many of us doing is henna. My grays are popping up all over the place. I can't even. And another thing that I do when I don't have time for henna is I take my mascara. And I hit it. Oh, yes. (laughs) And they have these little lipsticks if you want to do quick touch ups. But really staying away from the chemicals is what you're talking about. And if that's going to damage your hair, you already have a heads up. So, you know, that's not for you. Some things you can also use if you want to do a color is you could do a rinse or you can do a semi permanent color and semi permanent. When I mean semi permanent, I mean the kind without a developer. Anytime there's a developer that goes with the color, that means that there's there's some kind of peroxide or there's some kind of ammonia. So you just want a one step put it in, let it sit for around thirty to forty minutes and then rinse it out so it's more of a rinse. And that, that way you can get the colour that you want and you know without the damage.
0: They can get everything.
2: Okay, the next question.
5: Hello. Hi. Um, I don't know if you know anything about locks, but you know, natural hair, that's my thing. My thing is, um, I attempted to get locks sometime this year, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out for me because I don't, my hair, it looks very coarse, but it's really, really soft like cotton. I can rub my hands straight through it. So when I got, you know, I, I attempted to get locks, it wouldn't stick, it wouldn't hold. And I didn't understand because I, I thought I was the perfect, you know, poster child for locks, and it wouldn't work. <laughs> you know, I've tried everything, everything I've read, all about natural hair. They said try honey. They said try, I tried every, everything, natural products, raw, like raw honey, not honey you buy from the store, but like raw honey in its true form right. before they, you know, take it to the markets. I tried all that you know, and it, it wouldn't work, mm-hmm. like it would, it would. you know, I tried the double string twist, mm-hmm. I tried braiding my hair and letting it, um, I guess, sit into locks, mm-hmm. you know how you let it tangle up so bad that it just turn into locks, mm-hmm. I've tried that, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't work, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know.
3: Okay, well I believe you when you tell me that you've tried everything and it just won't work. So if you're really, you know, if you're really serious about getting locks, there's other ways to get locks, you know, other than you using your hair that just won't do what you want it to do. Sister locks is a way for you to do it. You can experiment with extensions which, you know, they have natural textures and then you can get that look that you're looking for. But I do believe you when you tell me that it won't stay. So when it's not working, you have to go to the next best thing. So is that something that you would consider?
5: Yeah, but I never thought of that at first.
3: Yeah, um, try it. You might like it. Stuff, I just,
5: with my real hair, you mm-hmm. know, I never thought about um, extensions with it. I just use my real hair and
3: Yeah, and the wonderful thing about, you know, temporary styling is is that you can take it out. There's, you know, I love the way locks look, but there's something about uh, locks are permanent. They don't, they you know, I'm you're... Yeah, okay. Well, you know, um, I would definitely experiment with it style-wise and and see, you know, how you like it. You may change your mind, and um, that's an option for you if your hair won't cooperate how you want it to. Okay.
6: Good evening. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I have a four-year-old, and I do, I wake up extra early to do her hair. I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, I relaxed her hair. And it broke off around the edges. Hopefully, it'll grow back. I don't know. Maybe you can answer that. I have a basket of about one to two hundred dollars worth of products. Mm -hmm. None are yours. My little sister there uses your products. I love them. Oh, thank you. My, what products do you suggest me Mm. use on my daughter's hair that will not? that will help me and save me from waking up an extra 30 to 45 minutes every morning to do her hair. Help. Please.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I have things for you. So, you know, preparation is key. So instead of you having that morning routine, maybe you can do it at night. So the thing you should do is the work in sections, how I mentioned before, and then moisture is still key. So baby buttercream is, a, is an amazing product for natural, curly, kinky, wavy hair. And I would definitely, you know, braids are a wonderful way to keep it in place. I know, you know, a satin cap. If she's, if she's uh, open to wearing a satin cap, that's something that she should do. And it'll save you time in the morning because you would have done her hair at night. At night, if you put uh, baby buttercream in, it has a way of retaining moisture. So if she is, you know, uh, you know, if she's, uh, yeah, tossing and turning on her on her sheets, she has that moisture in there. So I would definitely look at a PM routine versus an AM and moisture with um, baby buttercream. I would use the curly buttercream because it has a peppermint sensation, and that stimulation could help the blood to be circulating in that area. But if it doesn't come back because she's young, you should definitely bring her to a doctor to take a look at it because many of us at an early age suffer from our edges being lost and I would hate for her to go through the rest of her life with that kind of issue. We do, but we respect what our children say and when our children tell when they tell us to stop, we stop. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well that's a good sign. You're welcome.
5: Hi, Miko. Hi. I'm a fellow bed girl. girl. I've
6: been to Curve.
5: I know about Hancock Street, been there and have neighbors, and your book was truly inspirational. It is one of the best business books that I have read in a long time, and I appreciate the candor and the real-life situations that you gave Mm -hmm. that really inspired me. And I wanted to know, as you transitioned from the home Did you write a business plan? Did you do any type of formal planning? Or was your launch pretty much grassroots and you figured that out along the way?
3: T.J. and I have never had a business plan. I still don't have one to this day. Uh, We grew with our business. How we knew to grow is when we started getting tired of making that pudding... (laughs) we knew it was time to hire people. When we got tired of people, you know, 20 people at a time in our, in our living room, we knew it was time to grow. So you're right. We paid attention to the organic growth and all the organic signals that let us know it was time to go to the next level, and that's how we did it. Um, I can honestly say, um, had we planned our business, I don't know if we could have come up with this, this, this uh, business format that Titi and I stumbled upon, but grew into. Uh, I know business plans work for many people, but for our particular business, it was that organic discovery that really brought us to where we are. I don't, because of that, I don't want to do a business plan <laughs> because it's always worked to our favor, but I'm certainly not um, hindering anyone else if, they, if they're more of a planner. But for us, we did not. You're welcome.
7: Yes, good evening. Um, good I'm evening. a business owner, uh, Word Academy. I started that school on uh, March the, the 1st, mm-hmm. and um, it's recognized by the state of Maryland. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently we're working on um, starting a daycare center, okay. and K-12, right now we're helping young people get their high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, and also have some other business ideas that I'm thinking of, financial service and broadcasting. I would like to thank you for coming, and I'd like to thank you for writing the book. And also, I'd like to thank you for a couple years ago, you sponsored one of the, you, you was one of the sponsors for the African American Heritage Festival.
3: Thank you. So thank you, thank for, you for
7: Thank you for stepping out us faith and uh, sponsoring that. I would like to know, um, have you ever uh, felt like giving up in the early stages, and even now as the business is successful, and how do you deal with naysayers? Mm-hmm. And dealt when you, when you, uh, had the hard times, when you to mm-hmm. move into your home, um, how do you deal with naysayers? And what is your advice for new business owners and existing business owners? And can you discuss the uh, the bad? <laughs>
3: All good questions, <laughs> and I'm going to answer. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I'm not hold
7: it. Um, how do you handle being in a business like the hair industry that is usually uh, ran by Caucasian Koreans and Chinese?
3: All excellent questions. Thank you. Thank you. So w- don't go. <laughs> I want to answer them one by one, and I'm going to try to be quick. So, um, did I, were, was I ever discouraged? Was that your question number one? Did I ever want to give up? Is that the question? Yeah. I never wanted to give up. And the reason why I never wanted to give up is because I don't like people telling me what to do. And on the other side of that, that meant that I would have to get a J-O-B. And I wasn't getting a J-O-B because as a... <laughs> As a, very, uh, as a young Miko, when I was working with my dad, I realized I didn't like my dad telling me what to do in business. So that experience that I had with him, and my dad never paid us to work in that business, but what that business and that experience did was it allowed me to understand who I was as a business person. I never want to work for nobody, ever. So even when it got hard, I had to come up with another way to make it out and make it over on to the other side because working for someone was just not an option for me particularly after I had my son there was no way I was going to go work for anybody so that's question number 1 what was question number 2
7: question 2 is the your
4: business.
3: yeah so okay so my sister and I have had uh, failures along the way so you know that's a good observation people were talking shit about us We were in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is a very small town, so you have to understand when we had our business, you know, on the street level and people could see me and Titi blowing up and then fall down, everybody was talking about us. All the salons are talking about, oh, what happened to them, and, you know, but, you know, what what, what we did was we got focused and we needed to pay that mortgage. So if we took the time to really be worrying about what she's saying and what he's saying, about how we fell off, we were going to lose our house. So that was more important to us than what they were saying.: Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Two questions. So I'll do the Koreans first. So when TT and I first came to market with our product, we decided that we were not going to sell in the beauty supply stores. The reason why we weren't going to sell in the beauty supply stores is because that was a place you can find everything in there. Our our price point was a different price point than your pink oils or your Ultra Sheens, right? If pink oil was $2.99, Miss Jessie's was $22. Miss Jessie's baby buttercream is $58 for the big size. So we wanted to maintain our price point. And when I thought of the beauty supply store, I thought of the discount store. So I didn't want to do anything to hurt the price point. So we stayed out of the Koreans, not because I didn't like Koreans or I didn't like Asians. That just wasn't the channel of distribution that, I, that we felt was appropriate for our boutique product. Because before we got into Target, we were a boutique product. Um, So that was a deliberate move. Um, Eventually, we did circle back to um, the Korean channels, the beauty supply stores, because at at a certain point, the demand was just great, and we needed to make this product available for everyone. If you can't, everyone doesn't live, everyone doesn't have a car to drive to Target, and we had been in Target for a short while or a long while, and we needed people in the hoods to be able to get the product. So that was something that came later. (laughs) The bad decisions that I made individually, the bad decisions that Titi made individually, the bad decisions that we made collectively were our stepping stones. We would never be the Ms. Jessie's we are today had we not failed, had we not stumbled. And it was those lessons, because we didn't go to business school, because no one ever taught us In here, this is how you go about the business. Titi and I had to learn those hard lessons. Those hard lessons made it real for us. So the next time around, we said, "No, we're not going that way because it's it's too painful. We lost too much." So those lessons tended to stick because of our failures. You're welcome.
4: Hi, I'm Katie Marie. Um, thanks for coming out. Hi, Marie. Thank you. Um, before I get, we get off topic. Um, I know you said questions about hair, so I do want to be obedient. So, do you want to get back on hair? Because I have I, a business
3: question. I I'm here to answer. I want to okay. talk about whatever you want to <laughs> talk. Because I was very right
4: passive. Okay. So, um, I have a company named Over Accessorize, and my company is the largest girls' night out shopping event in Baltimore. Mm. And um, we're also about doing getting sponsorship and whether it's in-kind product donations or if if it's financial sponsorship. Um, My question to you is, what makes you want to sponsor or your company wants to sponsor an event like mine Mm -hmm. or to send products to an event like mine? What's the most attractive thing that you're looking for?
3: So that decision making, it's a combination of many things, you know, sometimes we get the most attractive um, startup or company that wants us to sponsor them, but sometimes we just don't have the product to send you. So there's a lot that goes into it, you know, on both sides. But one of the things that, you know, many things that we find attractive um, for businesses is um, women. We love anything that has to do with hair. Uh, we love anything that has to do with education. Uh, we love anything that has to do with you being helpful. Those are winning. You know, those are winning uh, points for us to. I uh, want to send you product. My sister and I try to send as much product out as we can. Honestly, our sampling program—it's expensive to make samples and not make any money on them. Yep, so we're not able to, um, for, for, for no reason other than, you know what, we just can't do for everyone. We try to do as much as we can, but for no reason, you can have all of those winning qualities, but at the end of the day, all based on what's going on at Miss, in Miss Jessie Land, we have to make decisions based on that. But if you have all of those things that I checked off, then that's, yeah. So, so you should send, have you ever sent your... Uh, yeah, I one every year for three years. And what happened for the last... Oh well, then you need to send it again. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. okay, and you should send it to Carissa. Carissa. Okay. So in small businesses, you know, when we have people fluctuating in and out of the business, I think the best way to have it on record is an email, and then this way we'll we'll have it forever, and you can resend it and resend it until you get your yes. Okay. okay. <laughs>
5: Um, Thank you for coming out. I have a small voice, so I'll try to talk loud. Thank you. I have a a small shea butter company, and um, I support women in West Africa. And I just have a question about, like, the chemistry stuff, because um, I didn't go to hair school, and I just make, like, small um, shea butter products. Is there, like, would you recommend someone that's concerned about, like, chemical reactions and selling to... uh, persons and are not really experienced in like the, the chemical makeup of some of the products like should we take courses in that? Because I'm, I'm concerned about selling stuff just like and at a large scale and not being experienced about like mixing properly. Does that make sense?
3: Makes a lot of sense and that's a good concern. So when you're dealing with natural ingredients like a shea butter and you're not mixing it with anything and you're just whipping it up, I, there's not too much. I, I don't think... There's too much harm in that unless someone has an adverse effect to shea butter. But any time you want to scale up and go larger, you're going to have to. It's not only going to be a desire of yours, it probably won't let you in that store unless you have challenge testing unless you have your your formulas tested because it won't stand up on the shelf because, unfortunately, those shea butters, they need something to stabilize them on the shelves, and you need that right mixture to be able to offer it to the market. With natural product, I mean, it's, it's, it's a balancing act. You know, on one hand, like my grandmother, she used to whip up an egg and mayonnaise, and if we used it that night, it was good money but if we tried to use it two weeks later, it's something else. So there's a fine line between you know mixing something up at your table and then bringing it to market and then for it to be able to uh, sustain its shelf life. So definitely consult with someone who is expert in that because many of us are not like... My sister, myself and you, so once you get your batch, find a chemist or find someone who can take a look at it before you put it into someone else's hands. because the last thing you want is for someone to get harmed or hurt by your product. Okay:
8: Hi. Hi, Good evening. Uh, my name is Peaches. Um, thank you very much for coming, and I'm so, uh, I finally get to meet the great Ladon Black. And I had, a, I had a question I want to ask you, too, afterwards. So, But ma'am, <laughs> um, Ms. Miko, uh, yes. about, everybody told their business. So my business, basically, I'm just getting started. I do broad marketing. Basically, what I would do is uh, if someone uh, had a product they wanted to sell, if they had a restaurant opening or they had a nightclub or whatever, uh, I would uh, uh, do data mining and, and put in the Internet looking for people who are interested in that, and then I would call them. And, um, and it would be like a phone broadcast. So it's a lot cheaper than regular advertising. With like text? Not text, but you would, uh, basically you would uh, broadcast it over um, to various people in the city over the phone. So uh, probably a lot of people have gotten it over the phone. But, and it also has an option if you wanted to not get it anymore. But that's not my, the reason why I'm here. Uh, I want to ask you, because I heard you mention God a couple of times. How has faith played in your life with this? Because uh, Jesus is very important to me, and, I, and I've been struggling with this. And I, I need to come down here to hear somebody who, um, to be inspired to get going with my business, knowing that it's not just going to just jump overnight and happen overnight, that it's okay that, to work hard. That doesn't mean God is not in it if it's not happening just like that. So, how has faith played in your life, if faith played anything in your life with this business at all? Thank you.
3: Faith keeps on showing up. It p- plays such a huge role, Peaches, in my life, my sister's life, all of us together you know you you never know what's going to happen. You never know when you're going you're you're going to lose your sister. You never know when a family member is going to get sick. You never know when you're going to lose your business. All of those things that happen, you know, many of us including my sister and I, we're not prepared. Sometimes when you lose everything and you don't have nothing else to really hold on to, it's faith. It's not faith. It's God looking out for me, looking out for my sister keeping me safe, giving me all the right moves while I, when I don't know what to do, not taking that course, not being prepared. I keep on talking about preparation. We didn't take the course, but God was always on our side from day one. And, you know, for anyone who is trying, for anyone who has a good heart, you can't, you can't fail out here, you know? And um, right now, particularly during this time after I've lost my sister, um, it's god it 's God who is with me it 's God who keeps me it 's God who protects me and i 'm just I'm, I'm such a believer and that 's why i 'm able to show up and talk with you guys when my when my sister first passed i didn 't want to talk to nobody. Something like that happens it's devastating, but I know that there's someone bigger than me looking out and that's that's faith and that's god and i'm i 'm so glad I know him
9: yeah. Hi, my name is Arnees Jones and um, I am 46 years old and I've been an early adopter of the um, you know, the natural hair and that sort of thing. I was forced to go natural when I was about 15 years old and I looked desperately for something to help me and your products were one of the, obviously they, um, not when I was 15 years old, but I think when I was around say mid 20s, 30s maybe, I think mm-hmm. I encountered your products. Mm-hmm. I, c- I can't quite remember, but it was such a relief to me and um, some of my friends who were also um, natural. I think maybe it was a little older than 30. Yeah, you, I'm, you're my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it yeah. in your I 30s. Try, I was trying to think of when I first encountered my first Miss Jessie's, but it was, I was on naturality.com. Yes. Do you remember that? Is, that? is that site still open? You know, I thought about it not too long ago. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But, you know, I was desperate. When I found your products... Um, and I was not at the salary where I could afford it, but I bought those for, enough for four of my friends because we were just like, thank you, Jesus. And that sort of lends, um, lends itself to the question. One of the questions I have is that, you know, my hair is 4C, and I think this is what my friend was mentioning before when she was talking about the locks. I have yet to find a product that I think does justice to 4C hair. I'm not sure if you um, subscribe to the whole, you know, uh, You know, measure. I don't, but I know what you mean, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, I I spend a lot of money on products, and you know, Miss Jessie's included. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a different application for someone who say, you know, my friend here in the front, her hair type, and then my hair type. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a different response, and I would like to have something um, on the products. This is a request, not a complaint. The products that speaks to that, um, so that you know. Um, I don't go to a website or chat site and hear that, oh, this is how I apply Miss Jessie's. (laughs) But then this woman obviously does not have 4C hair. Mm -hmm. I spend quite, I use quite a bit of the product on my hair, and then it just turns into this glob of (laughs) of product. Mm -hmm. And so then I've used quite this product, and I have to buy some more to figure out, you know, what exactly do I use, or how do I apply this to my hair to have it look, look in some semblance of, of, track, of, of some semblance of attractiveness. Now, m- mind you, I understand my hair is not like my friends' here in the front. I understand that, but I still want my hair to look nice and not, you know, just out of control. And see, the, the frustration of this is so great that inevitably, inevitably what happens is that I have to chop my hair all off again and say, you know what, I, I just can't find the, the right mix of products right now. It's just not happening. And then also, too, one other thing, the question in that is that um, maybe it would be helpful this is a request, and I have to tell you, when I saw you all in Target, I was like, you know, maybe I'll have an opportunity to um, send an email to them and say that, can you do this? And I'm here before you now. Yeah. But anyway, um, on the products, sometimes I'm not exactly sure what they're supposed to be used for. Now, I know that you do have some, you know, there are some comments there, but again, it, it really sort of speaks to whose who's hair type are you, talk, are you referring to? Right. Because the products apply differently or respond differently on different types of hair. Because if I follow some of the instructions on some of your products, I'm sure that's not the, the, the outcome that you were thinking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you understand, what I'm, am, I, am
3: I losing I, you? I understand what you mean completely. And the good news is that when Ms. Jessie, when we first set out to uh, approach curly kinky and wavy hair, it was the woman with the tighter coil curl that we had in mind. So that would mean you. So when we came out with curly pudding, it wasn't for the wash and go girl. It was for you because your hair is similar to my hair. Although my mother's Japanese, we came out with our father's hair. And that's a good thing. And what we discovered is that we have wonderful hair. We just need the right products, and we need to apply them properly. On all jars, one of the things about Miss Jessie's is we're very information-heavy. So the same curly pudding that you can use on your hair to double-strand twist if you want to get more of a curl pattern, that's what you're going to need to do versus someone who's going to do a wash-and-go, you're going to apply it that way. So there's instructions on the jar to apply it that way. Managing expectations is something that has to happen on your end. But the instructions are there, and the good news is that um, although Miss Jessie's makes products, multicultural curls, quick curls, the heaviest product to the lightest product, we're trying to create solution for every single scenario. We haven't finished yet, but our specialty before we got into wavy hair was the tighter coil curl, which is you. So, you can use the baby, I look at you, you can use the baby buttercream, the curly buttercream, double strand twist your hair if you want to get that curl. Your hair may not be able to just be wash and go, and that's okay. There's other things you can do with the product. So, maybe after I take a look and tell you what I think you should use, and you tell me what your goals are. But managing expectation is really key because my hair is not LaDawn's hair. LaDawn is curly and ringlet, you know, she's a ringlet girl. I love it. My hair is different. I have to do different things. But my hair is beautiful. Her hair is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. And you're talking to Ms. Jessie's, and we specialize in particularly the tighter coil curl. So we just have to find the right product and the right application for you. Yeah.
2: Well, I want to thank all of you for coming out tonight. Please put your hands together for Ms. Miko Branch. Thank you so much.